Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. The top of the morning to you, and welcome to The Brian Buffini Show. Glad you've joined me today. Very excited to talk to you about something that's been on my mind for a while. And it's about being mentally tough. And I see a need in the marketplace. I see it all around me. I just see uh, just a, a softening of our attitudes and our resolve. And so I really want to encourage the folks who listen to this program, just kind of give you a little, this might be like a little locker room speech this morning, a little halftime chat. If you're facing some challenges, you know, life is hard. Life is hard. There's difficulties. There's setbacks. We always say it's a good life. We don't always say it's a great life. You're not always on the top of the mountain. My father used to say when you're on top of the mountain, throw a little dirt in the valley, it'll break your fall. And so we have to be mentally tough. It's part and parcel of living a good life because you're going to have not just setbacks and trials, sometimes tragedies. You know, the mortality rate is 100%. No one gets out of this life alive. So we have to deal with loss, separation, loneliness, all kinds of challenges, stresses, obviously, in the marketplace today, in the news media today, just life in general, blooming stressful. And so there's so much going on. And we just have to be mentally tough. You also have to be mentally tough in the times of boredom. You have to be mentally tough in the times when things are just like every day looks like another day, another day, another day. That's when you have to be mentally tough. Most people give up and quit when they're on their path to success. So today we have a few good nuggets for you. This is kind of a little G up, a little fire you up and how to be a little bit more mentally tough. And if you're more mentally tough, you will be able to be more resolved, more determined, and more successful. So let's talk about it. We're going to talk about characteristics of mentally tough people. We'll start with the, the characteristics that we all need a little bit more of. Then we're going to analyze our patterns together, because we all have patterns that reveal what areas we need to grow in, in regards to being more mentally tough. And then lastly, a bunch of how-tos, right? So we do mindset, motivation, and methodologies, and we're certainly going to get all three of these into today's episode. So let's talk about it, and let's talk about the characteristics of mentally tough people. First of all, they're resilient. Next of all, they're resolved. And lastly, they're willing to take risks. And so we're going to walk through that a little bit here. So resilient, resilient by very nature. We did a podcast, uh, it was episode 115 on the whole topic of how to be resilient. And so obviously, I'm not going to spend an enormous amount of time on today. Why do I keep bringing it up? Because I run the largest business coaching company and I see people giving up all the time. I've seen people persevere to huge levels of success. Our average client makes 12 times that of what they were when they started with us. So I see it over and over and over again. And I see the characteristics of people that succeed and the characteristics of people that fail. And why am I talking about it again? we got to be resilient. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of tips today that might encourage you and a couple of insights to let you know you actually might be more resilient than you think you are. And we'll talk about that. So when you're resilient, here's the key as we talk about mental toughness. It's about a fitness. When you measure somebody's fitness, it's not how much weight you can lift or how far you can run, or how quick, or how high you can jump. Fitness is measured by how quick you can recover. So when you do the weightlifting, or you do the running, or you do the, the jumping, 
it's how quick you can recover. If you can do 20 push-ups and then wait 10 seconds and do 20 more and then wait 10 seconds and do 20 more, it's the ability to recover that proves your fitness. And it's the same thing with mental toughness. It's your ability to recover. What does that mean? You're going to have setbacks. You're going to have good days and bad days. I don't subscribe, and I've been part of seminars and been part of programs where I was a guest speaker where every speaker went before me and told the audience they never had a bad day. That's just a state of mind. It's just a matter of perspective. And what's interesting about that is so many of those speakers that I've known for years, I've been with them when they had bad days. And so there's so much milk toast garbage in the marketplace. I've got to be honest with you. A little unvarnished here this morning. But there's just a lot of garbage. And it's, you never had a bad day. I have bad days all the time. I just don't try to let it take over the day. And if I end up having a, a bad hour, I try not to make it a whole bad day. And if I have a bad day, I try not to have a bad two days, you know. My wife played on the U.S. national team, went to the Seoul Korea Olympics in 1988. And our kids are pretty athletic. Our youngest girls are on their way to getting college scholarships to play volleyball. And she was asked the other day, because they're both setting records in the school here and setting records in San Diego. And one reporter asked Beverly, she goes, what's kind of the key to you've helped these kids become these great volleyball players? And she goes, we try not to make two mistakes in a row. That's what I taught the girls. You make a mistake, that happens. Try not to do two in a row. That's kind of a dynamic of fitness and being mentally fit and an ability to recover. Great. In volleyball, the girls just shank the ball out of bounds. It's not like, oh, I can't believe this. Oh, my gosh. No, it's like, don't shank the next one. And that's a great mindset, you know. I think of the Billy Ocean song. Remember Billy Ocean from the 80s when the going gets tough, the tough get going? Can't believe I'm talking about Billy Ocean here. But the fact is, characteristics of mentally tough people, they are resilient. Great English philosopher, Sir Bernard Williams. Bernard, as they say in America. Bernard, as they say in England. Man never made any material as resilient as the human spirit. The Japanese proverb that says, you know, fall down seven times, get up eight. Mandela said, difficulties break some men, but make others. So we got to be resilient. We got to be mentally tough. And it's okay if you shanked a day and had a bad day. Try not to have two in a row. You're having a bad, you know, few hours in the day. Try not to let it take over the whole day. So try to be resilient. It's not that you're not going to get knocked back. Just don't stay back. It's not that you're not going to get knocked down. Just don't stay down. So they are resilient. Now I want to share with you the next characteristic which is they are resolved resolved is about a decision that's been made now this is one of the key characteristics of successful people i did an episode sometime back called the power of a made-up mind episode 25 one of our most popular podcast episodes ever and that's all about someone who's made a decision and they are resolved and it's mind and heart are aligned when your mind and heart are aligned you're resolved now your aspirations and your determinations are aligned. And here's the thing. It's okay if you find yourself struggling a little bit where you have some aspirations and things you're hoping for, some things you're dreaming for, and your determination haven't showed up together. That just means you're not resolved just yet. It means you need to keep thinking on it. You need to keep reading on it. You need to keep studying on it. You need to keep praying on it. You need to keep crockpotting would be a good phrase, right? You need to keep crockpotting on it. But ultimately, your goal is to try to get your mind and heart aligned, your aspirations and your determinations aligned, and now you're resolved. Now you've just made up your mind. Now you have a decision. You've made up your mind. You're just going to do this, okay? Marianne Evans was a 
brilliant writer, said, Resolve will melt no rocks, but it can scale them. No question about it. Right? Sir Edmund Hillary. Why are you climbing Mount Everest? Because it's there. Dennis Waitley said, Determination gives you the resolve to keep going in spite of the roadblocks that lay before you. And that's what we're going to have. We know this. And so we have to be resolved. We have to be resolved. When Ogmandino said, I will persist until I succeed, that was a sign that I had in my real estate office for 10 years. And every day when I had setbacks or things weren't going my way and people think, you know, butter wouldn't melt in this guy's mouth. He never had a bad day. Let me tell you, I had that sign up because things went wrong all the time. So the fact of the matter is we need to have mental toughness. We need to be resilient and we need to be resolved. And then here's the last thing. Mentally tough people are risk takers. Now, I'm going to put this in context here. They take calculated risks. Okay? They're not whimsical. Because some people will take risks to just change their state. I'm observing a young business person uh, in our community here, and he uses risks as an escape from the day-to-day grind of work. And so he takes this risk and takes that risk and then gets another person involved with money and takes another risk and takes another risk. And it's all about escaping his day-to-day. What I'm talking about is being calculated and taking risks. The older we get, the more risk-averse we become. Why? Because we've made mistakes. We have some scar tissue built up. But I'm going to share with you, you have to continue to take calculated risks. If you play not to lose, the best you can hope for is not losing. But you will certainly not win. And when people play not to lose, what eventually happens is they go on the slow path to losing. My mentor Jim Rohn said, if you're not willing to risk the unusual, you will have to settle for the ordinary. Paulo Coelho, there's a man who knows something about taking risks. He wrote the book, The Alchemist. It sold 900 copies after its release. He went on to write other books, which I don't think are as good. They got some play in the marketplace. And then The Alchemist comes back and the publisher goes, what else do you have? He goes, well, I have this book that didn't go very well, but I still love it. It's a big, important story to me. And that book has sold over 100 million copies. So, you know, he said, be brave, take risks. Nothing can substitute experience. And T.S. Eliot said, only those who will risk going too far can possibly find out how far one can go. There it is. I even quoted an Englishman this morning. So be resilient, be resolved, be willing to take calculated risks. You can do it, and you can become more mentally tough. Here's a second major point. Let's talk about our patterns. And I'm going to share something with you I think will really encourage many of you today. And that is, there's a pattern that we all have where we quit. And I'm going to share with you a very, very important clarification here. And that is there's a big difference between stopping and quitting. So what happens? We set a goal, we buy a piece of exercise equipment, we go to a gym, those kinds of examples. And the next thing you know, schedule gets sideways, maybe we get hurt, maybe we get out of whack, uh, maybe we, you know, have a bad week of eating and lose our motivation, whatever it is. And the next thing you know, we don't continue on with the exercise. And so in the back of our minds, we tell ourselves that we're a quitter. And what do we do? Often, rather than go back to that piece of exercise equipment, we get a different one. You go to a different gym, you try a different trainer, you try a different coach, you try a different strategy, so on and so forth. Well, that's a destructive pattern. And then what happens is psychologically, we buy into the fact and we declare of ourselves, I'm a quitter. Now, I'm going to challenge you to think differently about yourself because there's a difference between stopping and quitting. So you started an exercise program and then you stopped. Now, if you set a goal again or try it again, 
It means you didn't quit. It just meant you stopped. And the goal, now this will sound ridiculously simple, but I believe that real high performance and success is found in this next statement. The goal is to shorten the gaps between when you stop and you restart. That's it. So you're successful. If in the past, you were doing an exercise program and you did it for three or four months, you got some momentum, and then all of a sudden you ate bad, didn't feel good, kind of, you know, let yourself go a little bit, got out of the habit, got out of the routine. And then, you, you know, three, four months later, you're like, man, I can't even fit into my jeans, can't do this, can't do that, I'm going to start again. Okay, that's a pattern. And the goal is to go, all right, next time you encounter that, don't let it go for four months. Now, now can you get it down to four weeks? <laughs> then you can get it down to four days. Okay, and that's the key. That is the key. That's the key because one of the most powerful things in all of success is consistency. It's being faithful. It's showing up and it's, you know, persevering along the way. So you might be a stopper. Don't declare yourself a quitter. Because if you try and keep trying, if you still have hope and you try again, you're not a quitter. You're a stopper because a quitter quits. Stopping is just simply a loss of momentum. Quitting is a loss of hope. And there's a huge, huge difference between it. So quitting is very dangerous. The great Vince Lombardi used to say, once you learn to quit, it becomes a habit. Douglas MacArthur, the famous general, said, age wrinkles the body, quitting wrinkles the soul. So we got to continue to just fight through and fight through and fight through and give yourself a little grace and say, okay, I stopped. I stopped for four months. I stopped for four weeks. Fine. I'm going to get back on the horse. What can I do today? I'm a stopper, not a quitter. And so the goal is I'm going to shorten the distance between stopping and restarting. I hope that helps. Next thing about a pattern is what happens to you when you're not mentally tough? What do you experience? Do you give up easily? Do you find yourself becoming negative? Do you become hypercritical of others? What are your patterns? Now, my pattern has been that I tend to focus on everything other than myself first. Then I kind of growl my way through that. And then I realize, oh, when I'm shaving and looking in the mirror, you're looking at the problem, Brian. And once I get to that place, then I can start again. I don't know how common that is, but that's my pattern. And that is when you stop, when you quit, when you give up, you go into a little bit of a funk. You're out of your routine. You're out of your habit. You stop doing the things that are good for you. You start doing the things that are bad for you. And now all of a sudden, you blame other people. You blame the food industry. You know, there's so much sugar in everything. Uh, it's hard to get proper portion size. And again, I'm using the health and fitness thing because that's an easy one. But it works in, like this in business. Real estate agents will blame their broker, their market. They'll blame outside forces. They'll blame this, they blame that. And we'll say to them, hey, we sent you a box to write 50 notes this month. How'd you do? Well, I didn't send them out. So great. That person you're looking at in the mirror, that's where it starts. So, you know, I believe that we get the answers when we realize, hang on a second here. I need to take a look at myself take responsibility, get back on the horse, and what can I do today? I might not be able to solve all my financial problems today, all my marriage problems today, all my relationship problems today, all my health problems today, all my emotional challenges today, but I can focus on today. And when you focus on one day at a time, it builds up this resilient resolve that allows you to become more mentally tough. And then the last thing I want to talk to you about here in regards to patterns is reprogramming, okay? Now, for about 130 years, 
we've been talking about the science of the mind and the fact that there's neuropathways in the brain. And the neuropathways are the brains, the signals that travel down through the brain into our body, into our mind, the mood, attitude, even physical well-being. And so what happens is sometimes, like for example, when you say, I'm a quitter, I'm always late, I'm always in debt, you know, I'm always at the bottom of the pack, I always get C's. What happens is that's just an affirmation that you've said to yourself over and over again that becomes a neuropathway in the brain. So we need to reset the programming. And that's where the positive psychology movement is true. That's where things like affirmations and positive thinking, listening to shows like this and many others, reading the positive books, that's what that's all about. And I think we have to, because I believe those roads have to be maintained. Those neural pathways, they're like a road, they grow weeds, they get potholes, they get beat up. And so if you don't maintain a road, it becomes dysfunctional. The neural pathways have to be maintained. And we have to constantly be putting the good stuff down inside them. So, for example, let's say you do something that's part of your pattern. Here's a great little affirmation. That's just not like me. That's just not like me. Well, someone would say, I, I will stop people in their tracks. Say, I'm always late. And I go, up till now. Up till now. My boys, uh, their bedroom, I mean, it used to look like a science experiment in there. And I'd walk in. I go, guys, it's just not like you to have a room that looked like this. And they go, <laughs> Dad, and I walk in the next night. Guys, it's just not like you. It's just not like you guys to have your room like this. And you walk in, walk in. Next thing you know, four or five days later, I can see the carpet. Four or five days after that, the drawers in the chests are, are actually closed with clothes in them. Okay? Hey, you know what? The bathroom looks like something that doesn't belong in a biology lab. Bit by bit by bit, because all of a sudden, they start to buy into the fact that it's just not like us. It's just not like us. And so the goal ultimately is that we reprogram ourselves. We reprogram ourselves with the positive, okay? Because we're talking about mental toughness. You can become more mentally tough, more mentally resolved. John McCain, Senator John McCain just passed away recently. He spent years in captivity in a Vietnamese prisoner war camp in isolation, tortured, beaten. And he has, in many of his books, talked about the things that he said to himself to survive and his fellow prisoners and what they did and how mentally tough they were. And it was that is what saved his life. And after that terrible experience in his life, he went on to have this illustrious career in politics in the U.S. And so mental toughness, very, very powerful. So stopping versus quitting, analyzing those patterns and what happens when we're not mentally tough and then ultimately reprogramming the mind. Okay? Maya Angelou said, you may not control all the events that happen to you, but you can decide not to be reduced by them. Very, very powerful stuff. So here's our third point today, and let's get into some how-tos. Let's talk about how to increase our mental toughness. So here's just a couple of tips to get you down the path today. First of all, do the hard stuff first. It's just a great tip. One of the things that makes us mentally weaker is procrastination. And one of the things we procrastinate are the things that we think might bring conflict, judgment, or things that we're kind of scared of. So do the hard stuff first. My mentor, Zig Ziglar, used to say, if you're doing a difficult thing, put it at the top of your schedule. And he'd have his little Yazoo City, Mississippi accent. He goes, doing difficult things, kind of like eating a frog. The longer you look at it, it ain't going to get any purtier. So eat the frog early. So if you have a things to do list for the day, put the difficult thing at the top. Get it over with. If it's a difficult conversation, get it over with. Do the hard stuff first. If you avoid working out, do it early. Do the hard stuff first. 
get it over with, and now you've already conquered the day. It might be 10 o'clock in the morning and you've already won the day because you've done the hard stuff. And so when you do it regularly, and I believe in doing the hard stuff early, having the difficult conversations early, then it becomes a habit. And then all of a sudden, the more mentally tough you become, the hard stuff doesn't seem to be so hard anymore. Things that were a big deal are no longer a big deal because you do them all the time. The great Les Brown, who was on episode 101, says, if you do what is easy, your life will be hard. But if you do what is hard, your life will be easy. Jim Rohn said, motivation is what gets you started, but habit is what keeps you going. So we want to make it a habit. The next thing we want to do is get accountability. Okay? We want to get accountability. And everybody wants accountability till they get it. And I run an organization that coaches people. And it's a dance. It's a dance because we're not prison wardens. We're not beating people up. But on occasion, we're kind of holding people to the standards they've set for themselves. Accountability is essential. So, for example, I've had an extremely busy couple of weeks. This time of year is always very busy for me. I had a lot of broadcasts, a lot of travel, just a lot of work. And I also had a very, very hectic home schedule and just was really, really wiped out this weekend. And so Monday morning rolled around and I have a workout with Michael Stromness, my coach. I call him the Enlightened Savage. Looks like a Viking. And he's all fired up and ready to go 6.30 Monday morning. And I'm not. And I'm driving up. And I was on my way because of habit. And I literally was thinking, how could I get out of this? And I just didn't call him. I had a rough weekend. I had lots of reasons not to do it. Now, here's the good news. He saw that I was pretty wiped out, so we didn't go full tilt yesterday. And we had a good solid workout for an hour. But I felt better. I got the blood flowing. I ate well yesterday. And then I came back at this morning. Now, this morning, I was fired up and had a great workout with him. So it's important you get good accountability. You know, that's what it's all about. I mean, one of the reasons why our clients do so well in the real estate business and in their small businesses is because they have the accountability of a coach. And the coach is checking in with, okay. And they have an organized call every two weeks. And between the gap, it was, okay, what are the action steps we're going to do for next time? And here's the two or three or four things the coach and the client agree on that they're going to get done and then there's two weeks and so two weeks here's a coming and all of a sudden it's three or four days before the scheduled appointment and now a flurry of activity breaks out and the client shows up and I got two and a half of those done or I got one of those things done here's the thing I firmly believe and I've been at this for 23 years I believe that our average client would not do that work unless they had the accountability of that coaching session that was coming up simple as that and so you got to make sure it's the right accountability. You got to make sure they're skilled coach. It was important for me yesterday that as much as the Viking is great at what he does and he's this big savage, he realized I was tired. And so he adjusted the workout to where I was at. So you need skilled, sharp accountability. You need people who know what the heck they're doing. But ultimately, it's that accountability that just makes it automatic. It keeps you going and it keeps you on track. The great Stephen Covey, who wrote Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, said, accountability breeds responsibility. Again, these are words in our culture today that are just not thrown about. We're talking about opportunity and rights and what I'm entitled to and those kinds of things. But I will share with you the words that win, accountability and responsibility, those are winning words. Abraham Lincoln a long time ago said, you cannot escape the responsibility of tomorrow by evading it today. Okay? Very, very powerful stuff. And then the last thing as as a tip for you is to watch your self-talk. I talked about this a little bit 
And uh, you might have been asking, where did I get that stuff up till now? But from now on, that's just not like you. Well, that came from a friend of mine by the name of Shad Helmstetter. And he wrote a huge bestseller years ago called What to Say When You Talk to Yourself. In fact, uh, we did a podcast with Shad. It was uh, episode 40. What to Say When You Talk to Yourself. It's very, very powerful. And watching yourself talk and improving your self-talk, that book is powerful, that podcast is powerful. Improve the self-talk and the internal dialogue changes the external application. Brene Brown says, talk to yourself like you would to someone you love. There's a great thought, huh? Love your neighbors yourself is one of the great commandments. A lot of us need to do a much better job of loving ourselves. And so Brene Brown put it in great terms there. Henry Ford said that whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. Very, very powerful indeed. So do the hard stuff first, get some accountability, and watch yourself talk. So we covered a lot of stuff today. I really, really hope and pray for everybody listening to this show that you develop an increased application of mental toughness. It will bless you. It will bless your life. It will allow you to enjoy your life. It will allow you to succeed at higher levels. It will allow you to give great energy to people that you come in contact with, your family, your colleagues, your clients. It's just a powerful, powerful resource to have. And so we want you to be resilient, resolved, and take those good risks. We want you to know the difference between stopping and quitting. We want you to analyze your patterns when you're not mentally tough. And then you realize you can reprogram the brain bit by bit. And the how-tos, do the hard stuff first, get that accountability, and watch yourself talk. And if you do all that, you will be more mentally tough, and you will have a more enjoyable life. And a person who's very mentally tough, he's an immigrant from Ireland. He came here with nothing. And he's built for himself a heck of a life and a heck of a family. He's the producer of our show. That uh, Mr. David Lally has some words today that will also encourage you. So, Dave, over to you. Well, thanks, Brian. Very kind words. And there it is, mental toughness. I hope you enjoyed studying this with us today. We certainly did here in the control room. There are a couple of highlights I took from today's content, in particular about habits and patterns. You might be a stopper, but don't declare yourself a quitter. Stopping is simply a loss of momentum. Quitting is a loss of hope. I really like that content. And also to analyze your patterns, do the hard stuff first, and change your self-talk. All helps you build your brain muscle. Thanks for joining us, as always. And don't forget to become a Buffini Insider. You can do so at thebrianbuffinishow.com. And as always, here's Brian's mom to sign off. May the road rise up to meet you. And may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time. <laughs>